Welcome to Core Nourishment. I'm Annie Wagner, your host. This podcast is designed to empower, inspire, ignite presence, purpose, and intention in your day. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Core Nourishment Podcast. This is Annie Wagner, your host, and thank you so much for being here, for tuning in, listening, and subscribing. If you haven't already done so, if you wouldn't mind just taking a quick moment to head on over to Apple Podcasts and offer a rating and a review, I would so appreciate it. So today for episode 51, I am delighted to introduce Tammy Salenberger. She is a transformational therapist, internal family systems, otherwise known as IFS expert, author and producer and host of the One Inside podcast. In this episode, Tammy shares about IFS, the self and the parts, learning to befriend our inner critic, sitting with shame, unblending, the power of journaling, and she also opens up about the process of writing her book, The One Inside, 30 Days to Your Authentic Self. We chat all about hell yeses and hell noes and where those energies live in our bodies, wanting to go to chocolate or running to escape anxiety and discomfort softening back to our authentic self and truth, and slowing down. Tammy is deeply curious. She is funny, beautifully real, an incredible listener, and a wise and inspiring force of compassion in this world. It was such a gift to land in conversation with her. Enjoy listening to this episode and soaking up her brilliant knowledge and energy. And stay tuned as we will definitely be recording and releasing a part two soon. And if you're interested in purchasing her book, subscribing to her amazing podcast, and or reaching out to Tammy directly, head on over to her website, TammySellenberger.com. Enjoy. about this. Oh, so excited. We're rolling. Um, Tammy, it is so fun just to be able to see you, even though we're not in person, like I can see your glowing face and your brilliant smile. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you. And it's so cool to see someone and I'm like, you're, we're in our, it's the same town. Like I literally yeah. could just drive and come to your house right now. I know you're welcome to, if you want to <laughs> and we'll start over. <laughs> um, yeah, we need to do that soon though. Um, definitely. Oh, yeah, this is such a gift. I've been looking forward to this for a while. So as you know, one of my favorite questions in the universe is talking about nourishment and not just food on our plate um, and healthy nutrients, but also like just soul nourishment. So I'm curious to know right right in this moment, what is nourishing you and lighting you up? Yeah, it's great. I love that question so much. And I love the idea of, of thinking about what does nourish us um, besides food. And you, you, you know, I have a lot of parts around food um, as I think most people do. So um, as you say that, I look up and I'm actually looking at my Christmas lights and I know it's the week before Thanksgiving, um, but I did sort of half of my Christmas decorations yesterday. So I, I look up and I see a garland of Christmas lights and um, this weekend, I did a ton of nurturing things. My son was away with his dad. And um, I had a weekend where I did not have any plans. And that never happens. So I made turkey. I did all these really weird things that I never do. I made turkey soup like from like the, the 
um, carcass of a turkey and I cut up a million vegetables and my soup, my, my house smelled like soup for two days. Um, I had fires. I've just been really just kind of like snuggling in and that's just has mm. felt so nurturing, like the fires and the soup and the twinkly lights and just embracing the season, the sort of the season of it's getting darker and I'm such a summer person. So it just feels like, um, just feeling really good, like warm. And, um, the word love just came up. Like it's a way I'm kind of loving, loving all the parts of myself and by, yeah, just snuggling up feels really good. Mm, I love that, Tammy. I'm, I'm picturing like all your senses alive, like just the sense in the house with the the nourishment, the soup, as well as um, the bright lights like twinkling at you. And then just the the fire, the warmth. I love that. Super cozy. That's one of my favorite words. So I love that you're embracing that and like slowing down. I think that can be, I know for me, like one of the hardest parts of life is like, you know, just juggling various roles and being a mom and loving my work and wanting to, you know, get outside and just all the things that we can do and engage in. But then the permission of true like self-love of slowing down with ourselves and just being like, I love that you created that sacred space. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely, and you and I are similar this way. I think, you know, have parts of me that just run me hard. And so it's whether it's, you know, all the stuff I do or being a parent or being in this new relationship, those things all there, there is getting to the point where I feel like I'm just constantly on a doing. I'm doing, 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 doing. And um, yeah, it feels like for now, at least, there's a little bit of shifting into like, okay, I could keep doing that and even socializing, right? I can socialize and that can feel like another doing. And so, you know, for me to have a weekend ahead of me and there was very little, I mean, there was still stuff on my calendar, but it was very little and and I was like, okay, the part of me that was like, okay, you should, you should do this, or you should get together with this person, or you should reach out with this person. And it was almost like my body was like, nope, nope. Mm. Like that doesn't feel like a yes. It feels like a no. And so I'm really trying to listen to that. Like what feels like a hell yes, right? We've heard that, you know, the past couple of years, right? What feels like a hell yes. And if it doesn't feel like a hell yes, then it's a no. And so, um, yeah, because sometimes I won't feel like a no. I just feel like a, uh, you know, and then I have to, it's sometimes hard to listen to that. No, like the hesitancy, but yeah. not with a clear no. So what is, I'm curious, Tammy, what does that feel like for you in your body? Like, what does a no feel like? I felt, so as I was saying it, I, I leaned back, like mm-hmm. it was a literal leaning back. And then there's almost a little anxiety, like, uh, in my belly, like, uh, I'm not sure. And I hesitate. I'm not sure how that's going to work. And, and then maybe even a focus on the details, like, okay, well, you know, like if you don't want to go to the gym, you're like, well, I got to find my shoes and then <laughs> pants. And then, oh gosh, where's my sports bra? You know what I mean? Like you're like, these all these details, I can't figure it out. But mm-hmm. like, if I'm going, like I go to, to mission, I'm still going to mission and I, I, I just get my stuff ready. Right. So get my stuff ready. It's not even, I get my stuff ready the night before. I don't, I'm not thinking, I'm not doing the like, well, like yeah. I have to walk my dog, right? I just walk, I just walk my dog. I'm not like, well, Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. I gotta figure out where the leash is. No, I just, it just happens. And so I think when I notice that kind of focus on like logistics that seem really hard when they're not, <laughs> like, well, I guess I have to get gas. Where is a gas station? I don't right. Know. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. 
I love that. No, it's so true. I bet I bet so many people are listening to this and relating. I know I am. <laughs> um, so what does the hell yes feel like? What do you feel in your body when it's like a hell yes? Yeah, that's a good question. Okay, so this almost a... Uh, my dog's going to bark, of course. It's a leaning, a leaning forward and almost a heart opening. I yeah. feel this sort of heart opening and this excitement, but it's not a nervous excitement. It's a like, and it's almost a certainty. Um, there's a friend that I've done some co- co- collaborative, that's the word, collaborative work with. And every time she asks me, hey, here's this, here's this crazy project I have going on. And I'm like, yep, it's a yes, it's a yes, it's a yes. Like for whatever reason, there's just something about her and sort of her creative energy that I'm like, it's a yes. I feel that way about you, Annie. Like I'm like, uh-huh. yes, what do you want to do? You want to do a podcast? You want to get together? It's a yes. It's just it's a, a clarity mm-hmm. and an energy and a, a leaning forward heart opening. Mm. And I love that you're actually like listeners. I'm I'm watching Tammy, your body language. You are doing that. Like you were leaning back when you were like, no, and then it's totally leaning in with your heart open. And it's so cool. So what do you recommend for people who, I mean, I, I'm thinking about for me, my like intuitive hits, the gut reaction is in my, like, I, I mean, it's, I laugh. I'm like, yep, it's in my gut. It's in my solar plexus. So I will get knots and feel nauseous when something doesn't feel quite right. But in my past and still sometimes in my present, I have moments where it's like, okay, well, is that a hell no? Or is it just fear? And and when do I when do I breathe through that and move through it and move more to the yes? So what yeah. do you recommend for people in those places? Yeah, it's such a good question. Well, I think um I have two thoughts. One is one is thinking about like really getting to know their bodies, whether it's getting to know their bodies, whether it's, um, you know, my, how my heart feels. So I'm more of a heart person. You're more of a gut person. Some people are more head people. So wherever that feels like, wherever that, you know, wherever sort of whatever that is that they can listen to knowing what that feels like. And so thinking about maybe something in the past where like, this was a yes, or this was a no, how did you know? Like when you were sure how did you know? What did that feel like? What was that sensation or your you know experience of that like? Um, and then when it was a no, kind of just really noticing in the past, what did you notice about that? And it really could have just been a thought. It could be a feeling, could be a bodily, bodily sensation. Um, the other thing I would say, are there parts of us? So there could be, I would, I would be curious about the sensation or be curious about the thought or be curious about the feeling. Like, okay, so... I mean, this happened for me this weekend where I could have gotten together with a friend of mine and I was like, okay, she asked, I said, so I, I sent her a text and was like, oh, and I could feel the like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but then there was a shooting, right? I should mm-hmm. get together with her. I should. And so if I'm curious about that, so there's, so, and I was, we call it polarized. A part of me was like, I have a weekend free. How often does that happen where you have a whole weekend free, no <laughs> yeah. plans? Like, and so this, I could hear this, I could hear it in my head. You need to take, you should do this. You need to take advantage of it. When's the last time you ever have this? Like, here's an opportunity you should, but it had the should energy to it. So I was mm-hmm. really curious about that. Okay. So there's a should energy. Um, but it was almost like there was a should energy. I should do this. I should do this. But then my body was like, oh, but it would feel so good to stay home. And then there was another part of me that was like, 
but that's going to feel bad. Like if you stay home, that's going to feel bad and you might get depressed. You might get sad. I don't know. And then I was like, okay, just, I'm going to leave it for a minute, but right? I'm going to leave it for a couple hours and then just see. Um, and so then I, w- I think I actually slept on it. I woke up the next day and I, and then the body was there and the shoulds weren't there anymore. So the part of me that was like, should, 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 but mm-hmm. I could still feel it in my body. I could feel the like, I just don't, it's just, it just didn't feel right. And I hate to say that because you can't measure that, but just sort of, it just didn't feel right, but the shoulds weren't there. And then when I texted her and said, I think I'm just going to stay close to home, my whole system just relaxed. Mm -hmm. I just felt this complete relaxation. And then I thought, okay, that was, that was the right call. Yeah. So it's really no, it's knowing my own system, right? And I sort of, I can't teach people how to do that in some ways, but I could teach people to be curious like be curious about the thoughts, be curious about what's happening in your body so that, because what happens is if we're just listening to the judging, if I'm just mm-hmm. listening to the critic that says you should go, da, 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 you, you won't, I'm good. If I listen to that part of me and that part has good information, but I don't want that part to make all my decisions for me. Oh my gosh, seriously. And how much thoughtful, like curiosity and attentiveness that takes, you know, to practice because I wouldn't, I mean, I'm making a huge assumption, but I know for me, I'm, I live so much in my head. Like, don't you think most humans are just wired to, to be in our heads? Um, well, probably Americans, Americans. right? Sort of like white Americans probably. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that that's right. So I, but that's what it feels like to me, sort of a culture thing around like, Yeah. Yeah. So I think we are because I think that's what that's what our society and our families like that's what helps us survive our families and what helps us function in the world. And that's what you know if we if we if we were in a different culture or a different context, I don't think that we would be in our heads as much. Like you're naturally a gut person, so you would probably live more out of that gut space where mm-hmm. I would live more out of my heart space if mm-hmm. I was in a different culture possibly. Yeah. Yeah, that actually makes me think, Tammy, um, back to a, a talk by um, Ani Pematodran that I listened to um, about getting unstuck. And she is an American Buddhist nun for anyone who hasn't heard of her. Um, brilliant. I strongly recommend um, her wisdom, whether it's some of her books or podcasts um, where she's been interviewed. Um, and this whole talk she did is about a three-hour talk about getting unstuck. But in it, she talks about... Um, when she talked with the Dalai Lama and was trying to explain to the Dalai Lama the whole idea of, of our inner critic. And the Dalai Lama was so confused because he didn't understand what that was because that's not present in his in his culture and environment. And that it basically, long story short, it, it, it definitely seems to be more of an American cultural challenge. So um, thank you for just helping me to really remember that in anchor when I use a big generalization of like, don't you think most people live in their heads? No, I do think it is our culture um, and challenge. So, well, and if we think about that, so the idea then is what about, can we be curious about that? Like, what about my life, whether it's my family, let's just go back to my family, like kind of growing up, how was that inner critic helpful to me? And so what we normally do with our critic is we shame it or we're mad at it or we try to ignore it or we live by it, right? Like my critic says, 
I need to lose 10 pounds or I need to work harder or I need to get up earlier or go to bed earlier or whatever the critic says, we're either just listen or sort of like in a daze <laughs> trying to like follow it around or we hate it and we try to ignore it. So what if we just tried to kind of become buddies with it and like, okay, well, so if I think about it possibly trying to help me and possibly trying to help me from growing up on what comes to mind? Like what comes to mind if, if that was helpful to you? Um, like, so, so for you, like, I know so much of your story, um, but I wonder if you could share, if that would feel comfortable to you, like your own inner critic, like how that helped you growing up. <laughs> Wait, I thought I was interviewing you, Tammy. <laughs> I'm teasing you. Oh, I love you. Um, so no, this is perfect. I, as you know, I definitely, and I've shared, um, a lot of my clients even know about this, but I have a very strong inner critic, um, and have, I think she came, her purpose for me growing up, like she really showed up, well, she showed up in a lot of different ways, but I tapped into her through my athletics. Um, I, I was a strong athlete growing up and pretty highly competitive. <laughs> um, and I, I, I would joke that sometimes, you know, I'm in Aries and I never really felt like, I'm like, why am I in Aries? Like, I don't, I'm not typical. Most people are like, you're not typical Aries, but that fire would show up. Um, when I played sports and in my, my physical, um, activities and still I would, and I would say still the case. So, um, but that said, so that on one hand, this critic, cause I had very high expectations would push me and, and I would, it was able to align with that energy in a positive way in my sports. Um, however, off at of the field hockey field or, um, away from the physical activity, it shifted to a, a lot of like, just, yeah, places of not feeling worthy enough, enough, um, compared myself all the time to people and still do at times. Um, but I've really learned to, as you said, through my own therapy, um, and through just a lot of practice of softening into compassion and self-compassion of like getting curious with that inner critic and why, you know, why does for me identify as a female, like, or, or feminine energy, like, why is she showing up? Um, what is, what does she hear? What's her purpose versus like beating her up also <laughs> and shaming her. Um, so I don't know if that's, that's answering the question. I think now when she does show up, it's a lot of old energy and I'm, I'm, a, I'm able to more, more easily like shift back to compassion and grace and, and say, thank you. <laughs> and, and yet, you know, um, kind of question. Like I think about Byron Katie and the work, like, like, thank you. I acknowledge you. I, I see you. And I don't, I don't believe that anymore. That's not true. You know? So coming back more to the truth in, in my heart and my body. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and I think what you're doing there is you're really updating her. Like that, that's not true anymore. So my guess is, you know, when you were younger, being an athlete was some way either to feel loved or feel worthy or to feel accepted. And, um, and that, and so when that, when that old stuff comes up and maybe it's sort of when you don't feel loved, accepted, worthy, something like that now. And then those old, that old, which I'm putting in quotes, that old voice comes up, that inner critic, she, she could be reminded of like, hey, we don't need to get love and acceptance and worthiness that way anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so now I'm, you know, this this age, you know, I'm no longer 12, or I'm no longer five, or I'm no longer three. I'm this age. And there's 
there's other ways I'm, I'm receive, I can receive those in other ways. And so that inner critic really might just need to be updated that like, we don't, we don't live in that context anymore. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that really like rings true for me, Tammy. And I appreciate you like mirroring that back because I do believe um, I was like definitely where kind of my childhood and the way in which, or the area I grew up in culturally um, outside of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania, like pretty cutthroat area. And, and um, I felt a lot of pressure and, and so much, I mean, I think in general, our American culture, there's so much focus on productivity and success in this very like linear way. And um, so I, I think I had that very anxious part of me that was like, if I don't show up in this certain way, if I don't keep up, you know, then I'm not, I'm not good enough. And so it, it is that it's in those places that my inner critic, you know, even now when I'm comparing myself as an entrepreneur, like to other entrepreneurs and being like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm, you know, I'm not getting enough likes on my Instagram posts or I'm not, yes. um, you know, you know, like reaching enough people or, um, yeah, like the, com- when the comparison mind shows up, like, like I have to pause and remember, and as you said, update, which I am feeling so much more confident in <laughs> now than before, but, um, around like, oh wait, that's just one really tiny way to measure success. And, and is that really the most important? And is that what matters? You know? So, yeah. Yeah. So fascinating. It is. Yeah. And, it, and if we can get curious, I think that's the thing that we often don't do, but if we can kind of turn it around and, and instead of that inner critic, instead of her beating you up and then having kind of a logic part of you try to like deal with her, kind of turning towards her and being curious about you know, why those things do matter to her, you know, why the numbers matter or why, you know, what, what does that say about you? Or what does that mean about you? If you have this many numbers or if, you know, just sort of being curious about what, what does she think that means? Um, Mm -hmm. And, and where did that message come from? And it really, you know, we could say our culture for sure, but I would, I would want to say, okay, what else? What else is there? Who, who else said this to you? Or even if it's sort of nonverbal messaging that you got, Mm. um, because we all got it somewhere. Um, So even if it's, you know, I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy or um, not acceptable. You know, we got those messages somewhere. Even if, even if our parents were lovely, you know, you know, a lot of people have very lovely. A lot of people have awful parents, but a lot of par- people have lovely parents. But there still is wounds that happen to us, and so we want to be just really curious about those parts of us that have been wounded, and then um, because that's what the the critic really is trying to protect those wounded parts of us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I definitely think, you know, I, I think about my family, my grandparents, um, and I had amazing, I had amazing childhood, amazing family, but yes, definitely there was some messaging in there. I think about the phrase, um, that I've seen now, but like the glorified overdoing, but I am such a doer and I catch myself even now in my relationship, um, with my kids, like when I'm feeling any sort of anxiety, it's like, I go to like, you know, like the tip, like, okay, what can I do? Like cooking, giving, 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 um, cleaning the house. Like, what can I do to like, (laughs) not feel this anxiety or to like, you know, um, because I'm seeking, um, I guess validation that like I am enough, you know? So Yeah. yeah. Right. And so probably a younger part of you learn to do that as a way to regulate your nervous system, right? When you're little. So it's right. like, okay, so mom is mad at me or, you know, even if it's just, you know, 
mom's mad at me. Like she's just mad at me or whatever, you know, something simple, but to a little kid, this feels awful. I don't know about your kids, but I know with mine, if I'm upset with him, he is not happy. Like he needs oh, to know he's okay with me. And like, yeah. so just me being upset with him, like this causes problems for him. So, mm-hmm. you know, it could be something like that. So then your nervous system is, is upset. It's in sort of fight or flight or freeze. And so doing cleaning your room when you were little, making your bed, sort of think about what was accessible to you. Food was accessible to you, which is one of the reasons why most, a lot of us use food to calm our nervous systems down or doing, right? Cleaning, organizing, mm-hmm. being a good athlete. Like those were the kind of coping st- skills and strategies that were accessible to us right. to help us calm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I'd love to, if you're comfortable, I'd love to flip it. Tammy, I'm curious to know. <laughs> She's laughing. Um, I know this is fun. I like it. I know. This I way. love this. This is great. Um, well, and actually I want to pause and just so listeners know, you'll, you'll hear this in the intro too, but Tammy is, we're basically like we've, you've mentioned parts a few times and you've also mentioned the word curiosity, which is just one of the things that jumped out at me the first time I met you, Tammy, is you are truly genuinely curious about people and you have a way of landing in presence with people and listening with such, like just such warmth and compassion and intensiveness that really it's, it's so um, remarkable. So you are a transformational therapist, uh, clinical therapist, you work with people and really focus in as an expert with IFS, so internal family systems. And I'd love, just in case there are listeners tuning in who haven't heard your amazing podcast called The One Inside, um, and who may not know what IFS is really about, if you wouldn't mind just taking a moment to explain IFS. And then I do want to come back to you and your your parts and your story. I love it. So, um, yeah. So, what IFS IFS says that we are all naturally multiple. So we have we all have different parts of us. So we've already talked about our inner critic. We all have inner critics, and um, so the idea is an inner critic is is possibly protecting, and I talked about wounded parts. So we have parts that protect, and then we have parts that are wounded, or we call them exiles. So I could have a a young part that feels like she's not lovable, and then I could have a critic who's trying to protect her. And so I'm going to feel the critic. I'm going to feel the critic who says, either do this, don't do this, you should do this. And it's, it's keeping me away from the, the flooding of the I am unlovable, shaming often feelings of um, this little young younger part of me who felt shamed and felt I'm unlovable. And so if the critic says, you know, critics can either keep us from doing stuff, so then we never have to feel failure. You know, we never have to lose. We never have to make a mistake. Um, and that keeps away, Annie's raising her hand, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that keeps us away from feeling unlovable, right? So if I never try, I never make a mistake. And then I never feel the pain of I'm a mistake or I'm unlovable or sort of that, you know, the I am bad shaming messages. So we have these younger parts of us that have these messages. And then we have, so basically we have protectors and then we have parts that need to be protected. And so our lives are really run by our protectors, the perfectionistic, um, the, the, the critical ones, the manager parts that manage our life, the organized, productive, doing, Mm -hmm. scheduling, busy parts of us. So those are our manager parts. They're protective. And then they really make sure 
they kind of lead in front and they kind of run out. They run out in front of us to make sure that the I'm unlovable exile parts are never triggered. But guess what? We live in a, a world where those parts do get triggered and we're in relationships. So our parts are getting <laughs> triggered all the time, like we just talked about. So, um, so, so when that does happen, when I am unlovable, when I am unworthy, when I make a mistake, when I'm bad, when that does get triggered, we have other protectors called firefighters and they come in. And remember a firefighter, um, or if you might not know this or not, but my brother's a firefighter and they will destroy a house to make sure that you get out alive. You and your pets get out alive. So firefighters will destroy what they have to destroy. So there are the parts that are going to be binging, restricting, cutting, gambling, sex addicts, alcohol addicts, um, drug addicts, um, shopping addicts, whatever that is, um, because they're just trying to get the fire down. So you might notice this. Um, this this happened to me one time because I have lots of I have food managers and I have food firefighters. So mm-hmm. managers kind of go out ahead of me, like I'm going to be okay. I'm going to eat all this chocolate. I'll be fine. And then once I get triggered, they'll be like, "Up, oh, you know, I'm triggered. I feel lonely. I feel upset. I feel bad. Eat the chocolate. I feel fine." So um, so that's what happens. So I want people to kind of really pay attention to you know when they get upset or when they're triggered or something in their system feels upset, that they have some sort of upset, what do you do? And can you then be curious instead of angry and critical at like, what do you do? Like, what do you do when you feel a hit of shame? Because that's what it is. When I feel a part of me is triggered and I feel all the shame, what do I do? And you can be like, oh, I go for a run. That's fantastic. But parts can often use that. And there's nothing wrong with some of these things, but it could be I go for a run because that calms down my part. So then my, my I'm unlovable never gets listened to by yeah. you, right? Mm-hmm. It just another part kind of says, okay, we're just going to go for a run, which again is fine. Um, but so, yeah. And then, so we have parts protect and parts that need to be protected. And then we have you and we call that your authentic self or your true self or just yourself with a capital S. And that is the part or sort of not the part, but sort of the essence of you, your soul, your spirit that is calm and connected and clear and compassionate and creative. Um, And that's who you are. And that's who you are at birth. That's who you're meant to be. And so healing really happens when I get in relationship to my parts. So when I get to know my critic, when I can be there with my I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy, I'm a mistake, when I can be with that little girl who really believes that, that's when healing can happen. Mm. So hard too. Yeah, it's like simple and like really complicated. Yeah, Yeah. so many pieces that you mentioned. I'm like, yep, that's, yep, yep. (laughs) And like, I think about you and I, can relate with the chocolate. That's definitely my past, you know, as well as the running, you know, it's like, um, and still, I think that's, yeah, I, I did that just the other day. <laughs> I was feeling anxious and triggered and it's like, oh, what can you do? Oh, yep. I'm going to go for a run. And, uh, and it is so amazing how hard it can be to, to really sit with, with the shame and with the discomfort without wanting to, fast forward or numb or, or run away. So what Tammy, tell me and listeners, like when you are the the chocolates calling, or you want to um, get your butt to mission for a class as soon as possible, or, um, you know, one of your, um, I guess a firefighter showing up strong. What do you, what do you do to, 
soften back to your authentic self as I'm putting yeah, air quotes. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I love the idea of soften back. So ideally, I'll answer ideally because I'll be like, I will eat the chocolate. I go for a run. I go to mission. That's what I do. But ideally. Thank you for being human. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, um, so ideally what we want to do is we want to notice, we call it unblend. And and I'm no, and I'll notice. Okay, there's a part of me that is feeling this way. A part of me is feeling anxious. A part of me is wanting that chocolate. A part of me. Okay, so can that? Can I just notice the difference between this part and me? Right. I'm just going to notice that there's a part of me that wants this thing or feels this way, and I'm going to notice that I that I am a little bit different. And I and I love you said soften back. So if I can soften back and imagine the part in front of me, or I'm even holding out my hand. Okay. So here's my hand, and here's me. My hand's on my heart. So my hand is is reached out, and my hand is on my heart. The other hand, <laughs> I have two hands. <laughs> and so if I can imagine that I'm closing my eyes, and I can imagine that I'm here, and I can say to this part, I'm right here. I'm listening. Tell me what's going on. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? I'm right here. I'm listening. And then I can hear the part. You know, what does it say? What does it need? You know, and, and often it's these younger parts, especially around food, because it was the easiest way to soothe us. And and sometimes I'm not going to be able to do this until I calm my nervous system down, until I calm that the shaking and the like, I just need the chocolate chip cookie, you know, and so, but. Um, but so I could do that, kind of put my hand on my heart and, and my hand out. The other thing that I do a lot is journal mm. because I can just say, and I can write a P and I can say, I'm up, you know, um, you know, I want to quit. I want to end when I talked about this a little bit earlier, right? I'm done. That's it. I'm giving up, you know, and I just want to, you know, end this thing. And then I can let the part say whatever it wants to say, because it often doesn't, right? I feel this sort of like, I want to end this. And then I get scared. And then I'm like, I don't, I don't want to end it. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, so can I write out the part that says I want to end it? I want to end it. And here's all the reasons why. And I write P, all the reasons why I want to end it. Then I write another P. I'm really scared. I don't want to end it. And I'm going to write all the parts that don't want to end it. And then I can even hold the paper out and I can say, okay, I really hear you both, both mm -hmm. of you parts. I can hear you. One that wants to end it. One that's afraid. I hear both of you. And then I might write S for self. And, I, and then I might write, I hear you. I'm right here with you. And nothing changes and everything changes. Yeah. Yes. So true. So true. Because even watching you, and I know where you're not necessarily like in it, in it right in this moment, but I could feel the shift in your, a, your body language and your nervous system, just witnessing that. And what a, what a beautiful invitation to also give yourself time. Cause I'm also hearing, you know, myself at times and imagining maybe listeners like who are like, I don't have time to do all this. Like, I don't have time to pause and, and like, and get curious with my parts, you know, but, but I would challenge that back and say, okay, but is it worth living your life this way, <laughs> you know, continuously? Um, and how can you start to make time? Because that's, that's ourselves. That's our, yeah. Making to, to do this work and the practice. Right. And it's a part telling you don't have time, right? right. A part, it's a part telling you don't have time. Um, so it's a part telling you that, but the other thing is, is just, so just start noticing this idea. Like this is the biggest shift is that noticing that you are parts, right? A part of you, part of you wants to yell at your kid. A part of you feels guilty about yelling at your kid. A part of you isn't talking to your kids while you're driving them to school. Can I just notice why I'm driving my kid to school all the parts that are activated. Mm. We're late. It's all my fault. I'm awful. I'm a terrible parent. We're late. He's awful. 
he's a terrible kid. And can I just notice all of that, all of that happening at the same time? And then can I say, okay, I hear both of you, right? I hear you. Because what often happens is we just listen to the, the chatter and we don't have an eye, right? There's just the, this chatter and this chatter and they're fighting back and forth, but I am here. And so I want to say, I hear you. I hear you. I'm right here. Yeah. And I think that's the big, that's the big difference. Yes. And I love that we're talking about like parts and simultaneous things going on because it, because I think sometimes the other thing that I know I've been caught in is it has to be one or the other and I have to choose or, or it's black and white and it's good or bad and right or wrong, but no, like what I'm hearing and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but like, is no, there's space and room for all of these parts or space and room for simultaneous feelings, emotions, and, and learning to um, really learn how to be compassionate and curious with all of them versus just living in the judgment zone too. Yeah, definitely. Right. Because there's the part, right. So there's a part that's mad at you for being late, the part that's mad at your kid for being late, and then a part judging you for both of them. Right. Like, so, so then sort of, then there's a third part. So then, so then, right. So if I can have compassion, so I, my true self, my authentic self can have compassion and listen, then it kind of simplifies things too. It kind of erases or sort of softens back the critic and soften back the, ju- the judging. And then I can really just hear and hear the truth hear the lie, you know, like you said, in the work, kind of like what's true, what's not true. Um, But from these parts perspectives, you know, this one really thinks it's all me and this one really thinks it's all him. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I I hear both. Both of you have a piece of truth. Yeah. And I love, I'm thinking back to how we started this conversation, Tammy, and thinking about, so there's that, the acknowledgement uh, and you coming back to I and acknowledging these, you know, multiple parts and then also the somatic coming back into the body in the present and and sinking down into our bodies to feel too. Yeah. 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 So we will ask, like, where do I find where do I find this part in my body? Or right? the mm-hmm. part that's telling me I'm bad because I'm I'm late. And you know, sort of the part that so we have parts that blame us and parts that blame others. So if I'm hearing the part that blames me, blames me, where am I noticing that in my body? And that's the beginning, that's the beginning question of like noticing that this part exists in my body somewhere. So it might be in my head, it might be in my gut, it might be, you know, in my chest, in my, you know, in my I'm, you know, in my heart space where I'm kind of anxious. Um, or it might be in my gut, right? In my tummy. And so I'm just going to notice that. Okay, so I'm noticing this part that's blaming me. I'm noticing it in my belly. Okay, what else do I notice? What does this part say to me about me? So if I put my attention on my tummy, what is this part saying to me about me? Then I begin to unblend. I begin to have some space between me and the part that's blaming me. And then I begin a relationship with it. It's hanging out in my belly. It's telling me that I suck. And, you know, it's, te- and it's telling me that I need to do something different. What's wrong with me? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So I'm, I'm here for it. Tell me what else. And then I could say, when did you start and kind of interview it, right? Like, when did you start telling me this? When did you start? Like, this is a protector. I know it doesn't feel that way, but this part's protecting me from something because it makes sense that by blaming me in some way that made me, made me feel safer, made my world safer in some way growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes it's much, for especially kids, right? We know this about kids. They blame, them, blame themselves. It's, it's much safer for me to blame me than my parent. I don't want to think that my parent 
is unsafe or insecure. So I blame myself. So we learn, again, we learn this growing up. So I can ask this part, you know, where did it learn to blame me? And I make, I might do it, give it, I might update it. I might say, you know, well, this is how old I am now. And, and, you know, and I, I get that that's, that helps me when I was little, but I don't, I don't need that type of help anymore. And then I could ask it, um, and this is why we need therapists to do this, but we, you could ask it, you know, how old do you think I am? And then who, and kind of get from it, who it's protecting, mm-hmm. you know, so there's me, I'm talking to it, it's protecting. And then who inside is it protecting? You know, is it protecting five-year-old me who, you know, felt sad about something and then thought it was my fault for feeling sad. And then, you know, if only I was less sensitive then I wouldn't be sad. And so, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because that was the message I got over and over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. Be less sensitive. It's my fault for being less sensitive. So if, if I was less sensitive, then my world was safer. And so, you know, so that's a message. I still hear that message. I still hear that in, in, <laughs> internally and externally. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so, you know, that's kind of a big jump, but I think you can bring curiosity to that. Bring mm-hmm. curiosity to those parts that blame you and find out kind of when, when and where they started doing that for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Tammy, do you have like 20 journals all around? Like I'm imagining like, <laughs> this is, all, this is what you're doing all day long. <laughs> Not just you. I, I'm imagining like, okay, this is the, like, if I were to really <laughs> start unblending. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I do have a lot of journals. I mean, I do journal a lot. Um, but sometimes, you know, it's just, it's just, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes it'll just be on scrap paper, right? Yeah. That I'm just kind of writing, like, here's this part I'm recognizing, here's this other part I'm recognizing because I'm busy, right? I'm yeah. doing stuff. And yeah. so <laughs> it's not like I'm sitting around. I mean, I'm like, it's not like I'm sitting around meditating all the time. But you know, there is a there is a piece of that, you know, that that I do need, I do need to practice that. And I do practice that. I've learned that um I do better when I and I am very busy and productive person too, but it's like, I do better. Even I, what I've done is I've convinced a part of me that we're more effective if it lets us sit, if it, if it lets us do a little bit of a meditation sit, I will be more productive during the day. And so it's like, okay. <laughs> I see two, I see two of your parts, like negotiating, like working this out, like, okay, we, we can do this together, but yeah. if only if <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. be productive too. No, I love that. Again, so just so raw and real, Tammy. Um, yeah, it's amazing. So take us, like, can you take us through a day in the life of you? Like you are, I mean, you're incredible. Like you have a thriving um, private practice as a therapist. You have this incredible podcast that I, I said this before we recorded, but it's truly one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. There, there's just, again, every everyone I listen to um, from from what you share as well as your guests and what you engage in in the conversations. Like I'm, it it just hits really, it hits home. There's so much wisdom and, and realness. So um, I strongly encourage listeners out there to check out Tammy's podcast called the one inside. Um, But then, yeah. And then you, you just wrote a book too. You published a book. So um, I know I just, I said, I want you to take us through the life, a day in the life of you, but I also want you to talk about those things. Like, you know, the, the, what lights you up in your work? Well, let me say this, you know, when, do do you remember, I don't even remember who this was. I don't know if it was like Oprah or somebody where they're like, how do you do it all? And it was somebody famous and they were like, 
you know, oh, like it's balance. And then someone was like, no, you need to say that you have help, right? That you have a lot of help that we like sort of this messages, messaging, especially for women that are like, you know, we can do it all. And it's like, yeah, we can do it all, but we don't have to do it all at the same time. And we also have to have a lot of help. Mm-hmm. And so what I would say is I don't do it all at the same time. I, I compartmentalize my life very well. So I have time for my son. I have an 11 year old son and I have plenty of time where I hang out with him. I have plenty of time where I hang out with my friends. Um, I'm in a new relationship and I have time for him and I have a private practice. I have time for that and podcasting and book writing and, you know, why don't write? So, so, I mean, I think a part of it is um, I don't do it all at the same time. And then the other thing is I, is the, I wrote the book, I wrote it in bits and pieces over years. And so I wrote it in bits, bits and pieces and it, tra- it kept transforming. And so at one point, so I was, my son was, um, little, I think he might have even been like three, and we're on the playground. And I remember just like having, you know, mom friends and talking about like my mom. I just had the coolest mom friends, and so we would be talking about therapy stuff and um, psychology and stuff. And I remember just starting to write some stuff down that I thought that I thought would be helpful to my mom friends, and um, and then that and nothing really ever happened with that. And then. I had this idea of writing um, one word a day for a hundred for um, the whole year. So you would read like a chapter a day. So it'd be kind of like those daily readers. Like I love those daily readers. I think they're fun, easy, quick. Like I'm like, I don't have time to like, Mm -hmm. you know, read a chapter, like give me a little paragraph, give me a little word inspiration for the day. So I had this grand idea that I was going to write 365, like one a day. Um, and I love, I love words and I love the, uh, instead of making like a new year's resolution, you do a one, a word, like one word for the, for the year, which has become super popular. Um, so I love that too. So my idea was like, I was going to use one word as kind of an inspirational thing. And then, so I kind of started writing that and then that kind of, I was like, well, I can't write 365 because it's not going to happen. So I was going to write 52. So I just kind of was playing with it and I would just write every once in a while, like not, not, you know, I wasn't getting up at five and writing for an hour, like writing why my kid napped. I never did any of that stuff because my kid, I had, he had to be held while he napped. I mean, there was no, like no breaks when he was napping. So, um, but ended up happening was I went on vacation um, with my husband at the time and my son and I was out paddleboarding and I had this idea. What if I taught the model that I love so much, IFS, what if I used 30 words and did it in 30 days, 30 words in 30 days and taught the model that way to people that don't know? Like, so it would be a self-help book that you could find in Barnes and Noble. So it would be people that don't know IFS, just, just a self-help book that would be really simple and really practical. And I just got so excited about doing that. And then like every morning on that vacation, I wrote, I reorganized everything that I had. Um, and then that was yada, yada, yes. yada, 10 years later. <laughs> yeah, that was a hell yes, though. That moment, it was a hell yes, because I was so yeah. excited and clear. Like, you know, before it was kind of like, I don't know, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this, but it was just like, and I think the hell yes has also come when you're like, I'm out for a run or I'm going for a hike and I have quiet and there's room for my parts just to kind of, be creative and imagine. And it was like, and I've had the best kind of aha moments that was like a hell yes in those moments, like what sitting on the beach or like out paddleboarding. Um, sure. And outside yeah. the spaciousness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I do do a lot just like you do, but I also, I also, I don't do as much as I used to, not at all. I, I'm, I've gotten so much better because I've done so much work and had so much therapy. My parts really have calmed down. Like they're, they're still busy. Like I'm still busy, but um, it's not, there isn't this sort of urgent busyness like, like there used to be. So what is one intentional practice that you engage in every day for you, Tammy, for your, for yourself, like your true authentic self? Yeah. Um, so I do what's called centering prayer, which is for me, it is the perfect combination of like spirituality and parts work. And so I sit, I kind of do a meditation sit um, for 20 minutes a day. And I sit, I say a word actually, which I think is ironic, um, but the word is more of a clearing, like kind of like think about your, your busy, busy monkey mind. And the word is almost kind of clears the windshield. So I'm not supposed to kind of focus. So some meditations or prayers, sort of you pray the word. This isn't a word you're supposed to pray. This is a word that actually just kind of clears all the busyness. And it's a way of connecting to the divine, connecting to the divine inside, which is your authentic self. Um, I often will do a little bit of parts work, which you're not supposed to do during your sit, but I sometimes do that, sort of just checking inside of like, who's here and do they need anything from me? Um, and so that's been something that I've kind of discovered um, over the past probably three years. And that's been super helpful for me is to have that, have that quiet time and have that time of silence. Yeah. And I'm curious, who who says it's not supposed to be done during your set? I know, right? It's a part of me. A part of me says that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Because <laughs> I'm like, it's working for you. So it does. It does. Yeah. So it totally does work for me. And so I um I think, yeah, I think there's, you know, I think the so centering prayer is a is an actual like practice, right? There's a practice of centering prayer and this is sort of, there's a way to practice it that's Mm -hmm. in silence. Um, And so, but I definitely have (laughs) come up with my own little (laughs) centering prayer (laughs) sit slash parts work um, that works really well for me. Mm, I love it. I love it. Um, Tammy, I feel like we could, uh, like I, my thoughts are everywhere. Like I'm like thinking about your childhood, about your new relationship. Um, there's so much more I want to talk to you about. So I'm, I'm actually getting like a intuitive hit of like, I think we need to do a part two, um, if you'd be open to that. So, but yeah, 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 I would, I would, I would be more than happy to talk about my childhood and my new relationship. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? We'll start. Yeah. Start at birth and then where you are right now. (laughs) Yeah. Which are related, right? So if I have, if I have parts that are, you know, parts that are around from childhood that are around um, being wanted, right? Like, you know, parts that are around being wanted. This is true for me um, and not wanted, right? Parts that are around not wanted as a child Mm -hmm. and then in a new relationship and then times that I feel not wanted. Well, if, you know, 40 something year old Tammy doesn't feel wanted, I can handle that in a a certain way. But if that triggers five-year-old or three-year-old or 10-year-old Tammy who wasn't wanted, then there's a lot bigger, deeper, more intensive emotions that come up. And so our what I've learned, even though I was married for a very long time, <laughs> what I've learned in relationships are they they are um, they just 
trigger us so much and give us so many opportunities to do some really beautiful work. If, if we're up for it, like if we're up for it, um, they're, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Like ripe, they're ripe mm. for doing our own parts work. Mm. And so, yes, yeah, so I'm happy to come back and talk about, talk about all that stuff. Yeah. Because I'm curious, I'd love for you to be able to share also, like, I'm like, gosh, like what, when did you have that first moment of like, I love listening to people's stories and helping people and want to want to be a therapist. And then when, when did you get interested in IFS? And I want to hear more about, I know a little bit of that, but I want you to be able to share with listeners kind of your backstory to that's led you to live in your purpose today and, and really share with others, um, your brilliant wisdom that you, you shine out to the world. So, so yeah, let's schedule after I, you know, we stop recording, we'll schedule a part two. Um, but I just want to say, what a gift this time has been. And and that's been a highlight of my day. And I'm so grateful for all of your sharing and your heart. Thank you, Annie. And you know yeah. that I adore you. And I just, um, I want your listeners to know that I came to you. I've come to you a couple of times in my life for personal things and even professional things. And I came to you when I had the idea for the podcast and you and I sat at a coffee shop and I picked your brain. And so um, you've been at some pretty significant moments of my life. And so I just am so grateful for you. I'm so glad you live like five miles away from me. Yes, I know. I'm so grateful we crossed paths. And thank you, Tammy. I appreciate that so much. Um, Before we do sign off, where can people find you? Where can they find your book? Um, Maybe schedule a therapy session with you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So I don't, I really don't do therapy anymore. I do a lot of consultation. So um, uh, they can find me at TammySallenberger.com. And that's my website. You can sign up for my newsletter. I promise I don't send it out that often. Um, so I have a newsletter there. You can buy my book there. You can buy my book on Amazon. My book is at our local Barnes & Noble, which was a dream of mine to like, yeah. I like, I just want my book at the Barnes & Noble. So I have a second book signing coming up in December at Barnes & Noble, which is just super exciting for me. Oh, awesome. um, so you can get my book anywhere. And then... Um, and then the podcast you can find anywhere too on Apple or iTunes, or you can ask Alexa to play it for you. So, um, yeah. Did you know that? Like, yeah, you no. can ask Alexa to play. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you she'll play yours. Yeah, just ask her to play your podcast for you. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so wild. What a what an amazing world we live in. Um, wow. I just looked outside and and the sun is starting to set. And I see this like vibrant, soft pink out there. So it's just a gift for for us right here as we end. So Beautiful. thank you, Annie. thank you, Annie.